Hello, everyone, and welcome to One Control Port Podcast, episode 203. I'm Benjamin Yoder, here today, talking about video games, although I won't talk about the cooperative stuff much. I'm still pretty much where I left at with It Takes Two the last couple weeks. Um, also, uh, Final Fantasy XV Comrades, nothing really new there. Uh, just kind of upgrading weapons still and things like that. I'll, I think I, depending on how things go in the next uh, couple play sessions and, and how people are feeling, that sounds like it might fall off here soon. Um, and then also, um, I went ahead and started up Near Replicant. So this is not the cooperative thing. Near 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 is not a multiplayer game. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I picked up Near Replicant pretty much on launch day. Um, the, the same thing with Battle of Wonderworld. I went to a Best Buy down here and went and just like grabbed it. And uh, I've been having a... a a good time with it i think it's it's very strange because it's very much that original game like they they pretty much kept that game intact they gave it a new coat of paint it's got a nicer well quote nicer graphics i saw some people complaining about how they changed some of the visual design that's just kind of the nature of remakes and things like that things are going to change and people are going to prefer the original i like the original xenoblade chronicles graphics in the wii version uh but you know that's just how it kind of goes um, I'm a little bit more mixed on the replicant stuff. I think it looks fine, though. You know, if if you didn't see those games side by side, I think generally, other than maybe like the facial structure of characters, um, you probably wouldn't really notice until you actually put the screenshots of the game side by side and like, oh, near Gestalt sure looks like a PS3 game, <laughs> or the the original one that came out sure looks like a 360 and PS3 game. Where this one definitely looks like um, one of those games, but really cleaned up, better texture work, and things like that. So, so they definitely did a lot with the graphics and things like that. I think what I've been really surprised by so far is just how little was changed in terms of the structure of the game, though. Um, there's a lot of things in Nier, the original Nier, that are, <laughs> I would say, pretty clearly a problem in those games. Like, the the, the ridiculous number of fetch quests, a lot of times where you're kind of just like running between cities with no real, you know, goal outside of just going to go talk to somebody. And, and you know, the, the world is not huge. It's, it's it's pretty straightforward for the most part, but it is kind of silly to like go run across the field, run back, then run back across. And the game is very aware of these things. It will, it will sit there and be like, oh, we got to run across this field again. Um, but it kind of reminds me of how people complain about No More Heroes when No More Heroes is like, oh, the dialogue just keeps going. And then the game itself is at some point like, will you stop talking? The gamers are going to get tired kind of thing. It feels kind of like that where it's like you're complaining about this thing is hap- that's happening, but also you're making the player do the thing that's <laughs> that you're complaining about. So it's a little weird to to like criticize it in the game while also making you do it. Um, it, it, it's strange stuff like that, that I think to some people might add to the charm of it to some degree. Um, but it does overall, I think hurt the pacing of the game in some ways. Um, and also there's like an escort mission that is like weirdly long, uh, that, that probably they could have cut in half and things like that. But those are like little changes that I think, um, they probably could have done something about without losing too much of the game's flavor. But I think that was my biggest fear coming into near, um, replicant remake is that, uh, they they would try to improve the experience and then they would overcut, right? There's things in that game, like I remember people complaining a lot about, there's this dungeon in the desert where um, each room has different tasks you have to do in it, or, or rather different rules in the, in the dungeon. So you have to go and like, in the actual dungeon, only use certain moves while you're in certain rooms because otherwise you're going against the rules of that room and then you, you get warped back to the beginning of the room. I, I knew quite a few people who did not like that section. Um, I didn't... I think it's like a neat novelty for that that section of the game. But if 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 like Square Enix or or I think Toy Logic's the one who worked on it, but you know it's all a group of companies that are all you know interlinked with each other with this stuff. Um, but if they decided basically that they 
you know, that was not a undesirable part of that game and then they decide to remove it, I probably would have been unhappy. So I'm generally more in favor of them just kind of leaving the game as is. I'm just kind of surprised they didn't really clean it up as much as as, as I think some people were, were maybe, or at least maybe it just as my expectation that they would do more to change the game. Um, really, where all the changes come from is in the combat. Um, and I'm kind of of the mind... At this point, I have not beaten it. I'm on on the path to getting to, to ending A. I'm pretty close. I think I'm about a dungeon or a dungeon and a half away, maybe. Uh, I think there's like a, a one more dungeon I'm very much aware of. And there's another section of the game. I can't remember if that is like a full dungeon or if it's just like a couple rooms or something. Um, and uh, yeah, the combat is this kind of nice mix between the original Nier, which is kind of this like more Zelda style grounded combat where you go around and do like a typical three hit combo. And, you know, you you largely just kind of kill enemies that way. Um, and near Automata, so more of that fast-paced movement. Um, there's also, like, the ability to, you know, abuse your attacks or on the ground to get faster speed and things like that. Um, so, so it's kind of a mix between the two. And I will say at the end of the day, and, and I always stand by the fact that, like, I don't really love the original Nier's combat. I prefer it over Automata's, but it's fine. Like, I don't, I'm not going to sit there and say, like, oh, Nier, the combat's so great because it wasn't. Um, and I don't really care for Nier Automata's combat. It's just very mashy, in my opinion, and very repetitive. Um, so this game kind of falls in between. It's still kind of mashy and repetitive, specifically towards the end of the game, I'm finding, where enemies, from what I can tell when looking at footage of the original Nier game, um, have a lot more health, or at least a lot more resistance to, to physical damage. Um, so there is a little bit of a, a mashy feeling that comes out of the game towards the end. But but overall, I think that the combat is really well made. Um, the, the big difference here between like the original Nier is that it allows you to kind of mix uh, spells into your combo. So before, when you were, like, throwing lances or, like, using these dark shade arms, so basically they're these special magics you can use to, like, throw spears at people, you know, punch them with this giant fist or, or shoot these little laser beams at people. Um, those kind of things were largely restricted to you just using it on its own it wasn't really something you worked into your your combo flow or anything like that you probably could work something out but it wasn't really intended to work that way or at least the developers didn't really make it in a way that feels intended uh, in this game, you can like mid combo throw spears, you know, throw those fists out. You can be running around, throw the spears, things like that. So, so they really did a great job of intermingling the uh, the magic and combat of this game, from as far as I can tell so far. Um, and I think that the combat itself definitely feels a lot more flashy and automata style, but it doesn't necessarily get to the point where you're like juggling enemies around and things like that. It is still very much, you know, here's a pretty straightforward combo that you're doing mixed with like, like heavy attacks. And, and, you know, it's very grounded combat. You can, like, pop enemies up a little bit, but not, like, a lot or anything like that. So, I, I generally think I think this game has the best combat, combat out of all three of these releases. Um, the big thing is that I just don't think the combat is amazing this time around either. But I think it, it does a better job of mixing um, the, the, the combat, the melee, and the magic at the very least uh, uh, between the two. So, in saying that, though... Um, one thing I am having trouble with with this game is, and I and I kind of expected I would have trouble with this, but I wasn't quite sure how, why, or if it would be something that's a problem with me, or if it's a problem with the game, and that is the choice of keeping only the original Japanese main character. So if you don't know, with, with the original Nier when that came out, um, they basically had... 
uh, this brother-sister story. It's a little brother trying to help out his sick sister. Um, and, and that is the a, a traditional story of Nier, like the original story that they made. Um, and then based off basically what I've read before is uh, the, you know, Western marketing in, at Square Enix was like, hey, guys, um, in, in the West, you know, what would be better is if we had like a, a bulky warrior or whatever that's going to sell better in the West. And it sounds like Yokotaro and, and that team was not particularly happy about that choice. But after a bit of a negotiation, they basically decided to make two versions of the game. One that came out on PS3 that had the, the boy as the young character. And then one that came out on the 360 that had the, uh, the adult as the main character. So you have this like, you know, probably like 13 year old boy in the initial game, um, versus like this 40 year old dude <laughs> in the, uh, the Japanese version. So, and, and when we, when Nier originally came out here in the West, even on the PS3, they still use the 40 year old dude. They did not bring the kid over at all. So it's kind of exciting in this release to get, um, the, the brother Nier because we haven't had him before. There's definitely been mods out there and things like that, but there hasn't been a official release of that stuff. And so we get to see like kind of this different perspective. And and when it comes to the dialogue, from what I could tell, all the content is the same for the most part. There's some slight changes here and there because obviously the context of the relationship is a bit different. But for the most part, all these interactions, all these, these things happening are are exactly the same for the most part. So and I think this is true for a lot of Nier fans. There's a lot of love for the older Nier um, in, in the Western release. And and even though I think most people were very aware um, that there there wasn't a... Uh, that, that he was not the original choice of the developers, I think people really came to love that character for a lot of reasons. I think a lot of it's like novelty. Um, you know, we, it was before the dad wave in games, I feel like, or at least the, the, it was the early, early start of the dad wave with like the last of us and, and, and God of war and things like that. So, so it was a bit more novel. And then also the fact that, you know, I don't, I don't really know anything about, you know, Japanese culture specifically outside of just like what you consume from media and things like that. But I think generally main characters in Japanese games tend to be younger characters. That's not a hundred percent true, obviously, but typically you have, you know, somewhere between, a kid who's 13 and all the way up to maybe like 21. And if somebody's 25, they're like the grizzled veteran <laughs> of the group in some ways. Um, that's again, not always true. I'm sure you could pick out ex examples that are, that are separate if you, if you really sat down and thought about it. But in the case of like the mainstream context of what Japanese games were, especially in 2010, when people were like, it was a hundred percent at the time when people were like, Oh, angsty teen, uh, Japanese role-playing protagonist. I'm so tired of them kind of thing. Whether that was real or not, it's a whole other thing. But that was the perception at the time. Um, and and I think there's a lot of love for this very novel main character in a, in a Japanese action RPG. Um, so it was. it's a little hard for me to say if my love for him is because of that time kind of thing. Um, but I was trying to really keep an open mind with the brother. And still I'm trying to keep an open mind. But I last night I sat down and really started comparing the dialogue between the two characters, between you know the one from 2010, the more recent localization, and I'm finding that the older Nier I think is a better character for the group dynamics of that game, um, and I think a lot of it comes down to. The fact that he's an older character and that he's kind of on equal footing with characters like Kaine and Weiss, Weiss um, who are, you know, these kind of 
they're kind of jerks. Like everybody in this world is kind of a jerk for the most part. And, and not everybody, but there are a lot of jerks in this world and kind of and vice are, are very much jerks, but they're very playful jerks in a lot of ways. Um, um, and that's kind of, kind of what I really liked about the original there is like this very crude world that, that is also very, has a lot of touching story. Like it's, it's very kind of sappy in the way of with, with a lot of Japanese games of like, Hey, friendships will overcome everything. But at the same time you have, you know, Kaine over there talking about ripping people's eyes out and like pissing in their their eye eye hole sockets and it's like all right like that kind of balance is, was really interesting in that original game and and with the adult near I think he was able to play off of those characters a lot better because he had the I mean he was a grown man he had the ability to you know uh be a part of those conversations a bit more and and be a bit more aggressive in his responses um versus the brother near who you know being a kid um, is just kind of a kid and um, in a lot of ways it makes him feel like he's kind of inferior to the rest of the group um, and it in some ways it feels like Vice is kind of guiding him to some degree more so than being a partner um, and then like there's some dialogue that in the original release like the the well the original U.S. release I should say like Nier would say something that was kind of like a funny joke but in this release specifically it's like Vice is saying it instead um, but it's like recontextualized through near to say something. So, so there's things that I think were better distributed out throughout the group dynamics there. And I'm just not feeling that in this game. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, if you go back and look at the dialogue, 99.9% .9 of that stuff is going to be the same. It's the little touches with the main character near that I think really kind of push that game over the the, the the edge there a little bit. So it's a little hard to put into words. And I think I might, because I, I know I talked a little bit before about doing a near video to some degree. Um, specifically about kind of why I prefer the original Nier over Automata. And like, Automata came out five years ago at this point. Like, I, I honestly, and I don't really enjoy talking about Automata very much because I am have very negative opinions of that game. And I just feel like I'm just kind of rambling into a hole all the time about that, which is fine. Like, for, you don't need to listen to me. I've, it's been five years. I've yelled about Automata enough. Um, and, and if you like Automata, I'm not saying that you you shouldn't like it. It's, enjoy yourself. Enjoy the video games you like, right? Um, and I just kind of feel like dredging that back up is just kind of like useless at this point so instead i might kind of recontextualize a video to maybe do something similar to like the disaster day of crisis video where i take some of the dialogue between these characters and kind of put them up side by side and talk about kind of the nuances of what's being said and how the characters say it and why that kind of changes the context of how this character exists in this world um because i think that group dynamic is a really important part of the original near for me and this game is kind of missing it so that was a lot of talking about Nier. I'm sorry. It's been on my mind this whole weekend. I played a lot of Nier this weekend, so... Woof! Woof, woof, woof. Hey, you want to get into the news this week? Hey, news. Uh, basically, there's a new Tales trailer for Tales of Arise. Um, I don't really have a lot of thoughts about how that game uh, looks. It's, it's a nice-looking game. It's very flashy and everything, um, but it very much looks like a Tales game. Um, or at least it, it, it reminds me how I felt about, like, Tales of Zestereo when that was announced, where it's like, this looks like the next level of Tales game, um, but I probably will never get to it. <laughs> Like, like I'm sure it's I'm sure it's a great game. And it's fine if I I'd enjoy it if I played it, but I don't think I'll get around to it. Uh, but they did announce that it's going to have a release date of uh, 9-9-2021, at least in Japan. I didn't check to see if that was international or not. I think Tales games are international at this point. Uh, I'm, I've, I've only ever played Tales of the Tempest and Tales of Symphonia, so I'm not a Tales person really. Uh, but less because I have anything against it, more because I just have a, other JRPGs I'd rather play kind of thing but it's a nice looking game there's also some scarlet nexus gameplay that got put up on uh bandai namco's twitter i haven't really looked a ton out uh 
looked a ton at like direct gameplay in Scarlet Nexus. I've seen some of the gameplay trailers where they mix in footage and things like that, but seeing some just like raw gameplay of a character running around a dungeon and fighting, that was kind of interesting. It's 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 really you know, this game whole thing seems to be like the the gravity system in that game where basically a character can can defy gravity and like throw objects around using their energy and things like that. It reminds me a lot of Final Fantasy uh, Crystal Chronicles, the Crystal Bearers in that regard, but with the combat system, which is something that Crystal Bearers really didn't have. Like in Crystal Bearers, you had the ability to like grab things and throw them around, and that was kind of how you fought enemies. But because you were limited in your ability to really attack things, um, it kind of made for some awkward encounters, especially if you didn't know how to kind of utilize the environment to, to fight enemies in that game. Um, so you just kind of sit there and throw stuff around until eventually it dies. Uh, if I recall correctly, the strategy in Crystal Bearers was just like, hey, grab an enemy and just flip them over again and again. So you're just like sitting there flipping them side to side to side until they die. And it was kind of boring in execution, but the game wasn't really expecting you to do that per se, I don't think. So it was always that, that challenge of understanding enough of the environment and what was in the environment to really utilize that combat system. This game seems a lot more directed in this gravity mechanics. Basically, it seems like, at least in the video they showed, uh, the characters are very keen to point out to you, like, oh, there's a chandelier up here. You should pull that down. And you go, Wee, and then you, like, go and smack the enemies. And then they say, okay, let's finish them off now. So maybe that's only, like, an early dungeon in the game that they do that. Um, but I'm going to guess that there's probably going to be very scripted items in the environment that you can do things with rather than just like this kind of free form gravity system you can kind of mess around with. But honestly, I think those restrictions and railings could be very good for that type of game. And depending on like how they utilize those, if it's just every room starts with you pulling down the chandelier and throwing stuff at people, um, and then you go in and just clean up with, with melee attacks, I think that's probably going to be fairly boring overall. But, um, but mechanically it looks really interesting and, and gameplay wise, like when you look at the, it's from a cinematic perspective during gameplay i think it's a really neat looking game as well um i'm not sure when that comes out actually i'd have to double check but i i think it's coming out soonish if i recall correctly although it feels like it's been like kind of like coming out soon for for a while now um so yeah um pso2 new genesis has a june 2021 release date although it did not say the specific day for that what was kind of interesting about this and this is something that's been ongoing but is is kind of interesting to see this continue to be reflected is uh there's like a japanese stream for the game and they announced i think like starter packs or something and in that starter pack thing they showed off all the consoles that pso2 is on and it did not include Xbox in Japan. They're still just like, nope, no Xbox in Japan. But when you go to the, you know, the US, it's it's Xbox and PC only. So it's just like this weird kind of distinct, like, like separation between the two different regions and how, like, I don't know. I don't know if the Xbox version is even available in Japan. I would, I would be kind of curious to see if that will ever launch on that platform in Japan or if we're just going to end up with this weird separation for as long as time goes on. Um, obviously, you can, you know, b available on PC in both both in, uh, regions. So if you want to do that, you can play there. Um, I'll be curious to see if Microsoft just holds the PSO2, you know, indefinitely. Um, you know, I'm going to guess they're paying some amount of money to to keep that on their platform. Um, and, and I'll be curious to see if it ever comes to PS4. I remember when it was first announced, uh, Phil Spencer was kind of wishy-washy on whether it'd come on PS4 or not. Um, I think he more or less said it was up to Sega, but I'd imagine that they've got, you know, partnerships and contracts and things like that, that they got on the, going on in the background for that, uh, reason. Um, I think Yakuza 7 was also kind of billed as like an Xbox first game here in, in the U S as well. Uh, despite, I think the Xbox version kind of getting a, 
if I recall correctly, a underwhelming port in Japan, like I think specifically had something to do with the languages in the Xbox version in Japan. Like it didn't really particularly um, handle Japanese well, if I recall correctly. I'm saying this all out of some distant space in my mind. So, so don't like repeat that without doing actual research on that because I'm literally just throwing out some garbage. My brain is like, isn't there something, something of the something of the other happens with that version of the game, I think. So... So, yeah. Um, one thing that's kind of been neat coming up here with Nintendo is that they have Pokemon Snap coming out. I don't believe it's out yet. Pretty sure it's coming out sometime soon. Um, but maybe maybe somewhat expectedly, they're, they're trying to kind of uh, bring back the printing feature of Pokemon Snap. So if you didn't see, or if you, you weren't aware at the time, uh, with Pokemon Snap on the Nintendo 64, you could basically uh, save pictures of the Pokemon you took. And I believe... I think you had to bring your cartridge in. I don't think it was like a memory pack thing. I think you brought your entire Pokemon Snap cartridge in to like a blockbuster video. And if you put your cartridge in the machine, uh, you could basically print out little uh, pictures that you took in the game uh, to take with you. So with uh, with the release of Pokemon Snap in Japan, uh, they have the ability to to print uh, pictures from your game from Lawson's. I'm not sure how that interaction happens. If you're bringing your console there, if you're logging into an account or something along those lines. Uh, that's kind of a fun thing. Um, but in addition to this, they're also partnering with like this little portable printer that you can also um, use with your with your Switch. Or it's kind of weird. It's one of those things where it's like, yeah, you can take pictures from your Switch, upload them to your phone, and then use your phone to interact with the printer to go ahead and print out pictures that way. Um, but it's not limited to Pokemon Snap. It looks like it's, it's pretty much... Um, I don't know if they actually limit it down per game, honestly. It might be something that it's like just any picture on the Switch, but the ones they showed were like Animal Crossing, I believe, um, Pokemon Snap was another one, and I'm, th I'm missing one more, but they had one other game they showed it with as well. Um, and so you could actually use this little portable printer to, to print out pictures from the game too. I'm always kind of interested by the fact that these, um, integrations that Nintendo's doing with, with a variety of, of like kind of outside applications from Nintendo is through usually a mobile app. And I wonder if that is to kind of like protect the integrity of the Switch's software. Um, uh, basically, you know, don't put situations where, you know, the Switch is communicating with this printer directly, right? So, so maybe it opens up less vulnerabilities um, to to them. But I don't know. I, to some degree, I feel like connecting to a so smartphone specifically might be even more worse. Although if I guess if you're just sending data to the smartphone rather than sending anything back to the switch, that means you're basically, you know, able to just send data one way instead. But yeah, I guess you could do that with the printer too. I don't know. Don't listen to me. It's very interesting that Nintendo has like the smartphone middle piece to like a lot of things like their, their voice chat applications and things like that. And I'm kind of curious what the thought is behind that. Obviously most people have smartphones these days, or at least most people in like an audience that is buying the Nintendo switch probably. Um, so I don't really think there's a lot of need, uh, for, for there to be some other solution that's like a direct solution, but it is this kind of like weird extra step they, they make you get, um, involved in. There's actually like a Final Fantasy 14 photo book thing out there now that you can do too, where basically I think you can just take your screenshots that you took while playing Final Fantasy 14 and basically get them printed in a book through Square Enix. I think it's like 50 bucks for a book, so it's not particularly cheap. Uh, but that's like a, cut, a cool, fun thing. I mean, like with MMOs, at least, you know, when I was playing MMOs, I imagine still the same today. They're like, to some degree, people like live in those games, right? Um, and, and that is like a big part of their lives. So like the, the memories they develop across an MMO um, can can be like really special things. So being able to like create a photo album from that 
is I think a really fun thing. Obviously, to some other people, that probably would look like a really silly, goofy thing. And it probably is kind of a waste of money if you could just you know, pull the screenshots on your own. But, you know, it's a fun little thing, right? Um, it's, a, it's a nice way to kind of cement those memories in a way. Um, and have like something you just put on like a coffee table and, and maybe your, your Final Fantasy 14 friends who you meet uh, at some point meet can come over and be like, oh yeah, let me flip through this. Meanwhile, your grandma will be like, why do you have video game screenshots on your coffee table? <laughs> so, so yeah, I think it's like a fun little thing though. Um, there's also a couple mobile games getting shut down. The Sucker Wars mobile game. I haven't really talked too much about that. Um, I don't really play mobile games, but you know, I do try to like keep an eye on what's coming up and what comes out, especially for the bigger publishers like Sega Square Enix and things like that. Uh, and, 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 and Sakura Wars is an IP, especially the one they try to reboot recently. Um, so that game's being shut down. I don't think it's been alive for more than a year, so it's a pretty quick turnaround time. But, you know, that's I think what what's more interesting to me probably, and I need to go back and check the sales numbers for Shin Sakura Wars, the PS4 game, which is called Sakura Wars in the US, I believe. Um, I'm curious if that was successful or not. There was a really big marketing push for that. I remember when I was in Japan... Like, when I was in Akihabara, it was just, that theme was playing nonstop. The ba, 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 that song. Um, and and there were advertisements everywhere. And I remember seeing ads on TV as well. Um, I'm kind of curious if that game would be considered a success at, at Sega these days. I, I, I get the feeling that maybe it wasn't. Um, but I feel like a lot of Sega games, I'm just like, they come out and I feel like, I'm like, did that sell well? And usually the answer is, eh, you know, it sold okay. Valkyria Chronicles is, is, is a similar situation. Um, so, yeah, I'm kind of curious how this did. Uh, there's also the Star Ocean. I'm going to mess up this pronunciation. Um, pronunciation. Uh, Aminus, Aminus, the Star Ocean mobile game, uh, which, as far as I'm aware, is the last like Star Ocean game that came out since Star Ocean 5 came out, like early PS4 era, if I recall correctly. Um, so that is dead. I'm kind of curious if Square Enix will continue to make games in the Star Ocean series. If any company will, I think it's Square Enix. Like, like I mean, obviously they're in the IP, so they'd be the company that would. But I mean, like that type of game, right? Like that mid, like I would say almost C tier JRPG franchise. Like Square Enix tends to have a weird commitment to that stuff at times. Like with Nier, like I'm surprised Dragon Guard Three exists. I'm surprised Nier Automata even exists. Like I think those games did fine, um, but I, I I don't know. They just like kept kept making them. I'm glad they did, <laughs> but but it's like weird weird things like that. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see another Star Ocean game someday. Um, but I am kind of curious now that the mobile game shut down, like what that team is doing, if they're actually working on a project or if they're being like distributed out through Square Enix to work on 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 other things. So yeah. Um, and then last story here is that the Vita and PS3 stores are going to be staying online. Basically, Sony backed off on the, their, their shutting down of those services and said, Hey, we're going to keep the PS3 and Vita online as, as long as, well, they didn't say a date. They don't, we don't know how long it's going to be, but they said they were not going to be shutting down the PSP store. They are shutting down though. Um, I think a lot of people have already commented about this really. And, and I'm kind of the mind that, you know, I think everybody's happy that they're like, okay, we're not going to shut these down or at least. Two out of three of them. This is better than all three of them shutting down, right? Um, but I really wonder... I don't know. It's it's one of those things that, like, so much attention came to how um, digital copywriting works and things like that. And, and, like, licensing specifically. And, like, 
how how your PlayStation 4 is going to be affected by the lack of servers. Um, you know, when the CMOS battery dies in the system, things like that. It brought to delight a lot of things for the mainstream. And obviously, there are people in the world who have known this for some time, or at least have known the general concept of what was going to happen. Maybe not have like actual proof, right? Um, that was kind of the big thing is that somebody actually went and like started doing this stuff with their consoles. Um, so so. I'm I'm happy that we have more of a spotlight on that. In some ways, this is kind of maybe one of the better case scenarios for the, you know, public as a whole that we, we get to keep two of these storefronts. Obviously, the PSP shutting down is something, you know, people need to work on. Um, but, you know, that at least narrows it down to one for now. So people can make sure everything's backed up from those stores um, in the meantime. I, I might go download the Hunex Clock app. I, I haven't done that yet. I, I maybe should. I don't know. I, I don't remember... I don't remember much about buying region-locked PSP games. Or not region-locked, but like PSP games from different regions and what would be needed for that. I assume it's the same currency you use today. It's not like the Wii where like there's a separate points card for the Nintendo Wii versus the Wii U and things like that. So so I don't think it will probably be that hard to do that if I really wanted to. Um, I'd imagine it's also a pretty cheap thing as well, but... A dumb little thing. Have a little clock on your PSP. It has like a bunch of, I guess, voice actors and idols or something like that that, that are on there telling you the time, basically. It's a silly little thing that you might expect from a company like that. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I'm, I'm kind of waiting to see if people still demand answers about licensing. I'm going to guess not. It seems like this, this conversation is starting to dissipate after what, what Sony has said which is probably the intended reaction <laughs> to, to dissipate that conversation. Um, but, you know, people in general seem to be having a lot of trouble with a lot of Sony's decisions recently. So it's, it'll be interesting to see if this is the start of Sony kind of being like, actually, we need to kind of like calm down on some of this messaging that we're doing uh, and, and you know, make something that seems more pro-consumer rather than just like, oh, I got to shut it all down. Um or if we'll, or if we'll just, you know, this is an exception and we'll just continue to see, you know, Sony making kind of, uh, I call them bullish moves. I don't know if that's the right word or not, but I, and this is not Sony specifically, like anytime somebody gets in first place, they can basically start doing whatever they want because they have the power in the, in the industry. <laughs> so you end up with, you know, Nintendo not localizing a lot of Wii games because why would you bother to sell 30,000 copies of Disaster Day of Crisis when you could sell, you know, however million copies of whatever recent Wii game, you know, came out, we, it'd be more value to put your money to advertising of some other game that you, you're, you're selling rather than, you know, investing money in this game that's going to barely make a profit, if anything, um, if at all. Um, but, uh, you know, that's just kind of how, how it goes. Um, so, you know, 10 years from now, we'll see who who's the one that's going to be uh, making people all flustered about video games. But uh, today it's Sony. Maybe, maybe five years from now, I'll be Nintendo. Maybe five years after that, I'll be Microsoft again. It just kind of comes in waves, right? So, so yeah. Anyways, that's it for this week's podcast. Thanks for coming. OneControlPort.com is the website. Um, like I mentioned earlier, for the near video, I'm still kind of figuring out what it will be. But, um, you know, once I finish up at least ending A of near, I think I'll take some time to think about what kind of video I want to make for that. I, I'm leaning towards that kind of brother near slash papa near comparison video because I think that probably makes sense uh, given how what I'm thinking about the game right now and, and, and things like that. Um, and then, uh, also after that, I plan on kind of shifting over to doing some PCFX stuff. So once Nier is done, that is my next focus is getting the PCFX stuff. I actually got the PCFX mouse back, so I'm able to do that. Um, so 
should be good to go on that. Um, and then also, I'm going to try to play through a couple games and also revisit certain games and kind of get some ideas about like how you could approach them a bit differently than I did, um, you know, to, to hopefully better improve the experience of playing it as somebody who doesn't speak any Japanese or anything like that, or, or understand any Japanese really. So, so I'm planning on doing that. Uh, if you didn't see it last week, the Mega Pseudo 2096 video went up where I basically talk about the uh, PlayStation 2 backwards compatibility issues with that game reusing my specific PS2, the uh, 77,000 uh, PS2. Uh, that, like, I have a pink one from Japan, which is why the thumbnail icon is pink. <laughs> um, uh, so that video is out there if you want to go look at that. It's pretty, pretty, put it together in like maybe about 24 to 48 hours. So it came together pretty quickly, but that was about how the other backwards compatibility video was. Um, there's definitely things with the script that I think kind of suffer a little bit, but that's kind of the nature of working on a faster timeline like that. So in some ways, it's like I would rather spend all the time in the world editing the script so I can make it better. Um, but at the same time, I think that also leads to you know situations where we go like two months without a video because I'm so caught up on this specific part of the script that I cannot figure out how to fix. And I just keep putting it off, putting it off, revisiting it, you know, reworking it and then be like, ah, it's still not fixed and keep doing that. That's how Valkyria Revolution takes six months to get done, even though you already have a foundation to work off of. So, so yeah. Um, and so that's probably gonna be the next focus. Um, in terms of stream stuff, we finished up Quest 64 this week. We actually had a fun little thing where we had like a community review. Um, I'm not sure like how people felt about it. So let me know. It seemed like the people who are on stream at least enjoyed the idea. Um, I might try to see if there's a way we can kind of compile those in a, in a more public space so you can see what those reviews ended up being. Um, I'm not sure if that's just going to be like a listing on the website or if it's going to be like, maybe I'll edit down the, the video to be something that goes up on the YouTube. Although it's kind of like a, a stream clip kind of thing. I'm not sure what to do with clips really. Like sometimes I think about clipping out a podcast or clipping out, a uh, um, YouTube video, like a specific chunk of it, um, or stream or something like that. And it just takes a lot of time and figuring out what's a good clip and how to distribute that. I don't really want to flood my YouTube channel with a bunch of clips for the podcast, right? So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about that. We'll, we'll see maybe in the future. But otherwise, that's pretty much it. Anyways, thanks for coming. Watchtoolport.com is the website. Um, and, you know, we'll be streaming uh, some Odama this week for the GameCube using the microphone. So hopefully that goes well. If, if, it, if we do not stream Odama, or if it do not, Odama does not go well on stream, we will switch to something else. So, so yeah, but otherwise, I hope you have a great week. Bye.